It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers. How's everyone doing out there tonight, Tom? Oh, good. It's been uh, some nice weather up here in western New York the last few days, so. Yeah, I mean, what, 70 on Sunday, and then it was a little bit ugly yesterday, but nice today again, so. Yeah, nice and sunny today. Yeah. Uh, Tom, why don't you uh, give us a quick rundown of what we're going to look at tonight? All right, so we're going to start with uh, checking in on the NFL free agents that are remaining. Um, Then we're getting ready to talk about some live sports happening this weekend. The UFC 249 is going to happen on Saturday. We'll go over that. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the golf matchups that have been announced and some NFL early um, prop bets, uh, kind of some win-loss totals that we like, maybe get that that rolling, maybe hop on some things before uh, camp and things get sorted out. can catch some easy winners this way. Yeah, let's get back to where we, you know, where we're – so hot, you know, going through January and February with some giving winners out. Yeah. And we haven't had anything really to give out recently. So, you know, let's jump back in and, and see if we can uh, make ourselves and some other people some money here. Absolutely. You, yeah. can, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's jump into the, the best remaining free agents that are out there, Tom. Um, you know, there's uh, there are a number of guys on here on this list that you'll know their names um, you know, we can talk about – we have a list that um, Pro Football Focus put out of the 50 best free agents remaining currently. So um, it'll be fun kind of just to dive in on some of these guys and, and think of some teams that maybe they could fit with. So um, right off the top, Tom, who do we got? Uh, Cam Newton. Um, I think the big thing for Cam Newton may be – the best thing for Cam Newton, maybe just wait and see at this point. Yeah. I think all the starting jobs are kind of – Spoken for, kind of, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of spoken for. Everyone, every team has their plan at this point. You know, it may just come down to waiting to see if there's an injury in training camp or preseason and, uh, you know, signing up there. So I think one of the biggest problems for Cam Newton is he hasn't been able to uh, get to facilities and have doctors look at him and, and yeah. see him throw and see if he's if his arm is live or not because that's a big concern with his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, we saw that in the draft impact a lot of guys who weren't able to prove um, some of their medical uh, concerns. So, you know, same same kind of thing for Cam Newton. Uh, when he's healthy, really good football player, solid quarterback. If you have a good team around him especially, he, he's going to bring that out in them. But, uh, you know, not a chance for him to really work in with some of these guys yet. Potential landing spots, Tom? Um, I wouldn't – so my initial thought would be, wait and see so i think for him you kind of want to see if any of these guys any winning team a team that maybe thinks of themselves of a playoff team gets hurt or um you know maybe denver i keep thinking uh the way john elway loves big quarterbacks yeah they don't get much bigger than cam newton so i think maybe there might be a spot where you got drew Locke, and then what do you have after that maybe maybe you do want to bring in yeah. cam newton uh, maybe Jacksonville, um, you know, I I think that you got you got to kind of take it at face value what all these teams are saying. You know, we're set with Gardner Minshew. We're going to sure. go with him. Should the opportunity present itself and Cam Newton will come in on a cheap one year deal to prove himself, um, you know, you got to let him compete for that job. If you ask me, yeah, I think the hard part for Jacksonville is they're they're probably not expected to compete for the division. 
Right. Um, so, you know, they may not, they may rather go with a young kid and be like, all right, Gardner, this is your year to show us that you deserve another year. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we will go in another direction. So, uh, you know, they may be all in on just letting the young kid try it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next on the list is Jadevian Clowney. Um, still out there, still a free agent. Uh, my expectation all along was that he would go back to Seattle, but based on the way they drafted, I think they weren't expecting that. They, they Maybe the, the talks have kind of broken down there. Yeah, he's very interesting. It seems like when when free agency was starting, it seemed like, oh, yeah, he's going to be the number one desired free agent, and he just hasn't had a market. There's reports that he lowered his expectations at some point for, for salary. So, you know, it's definitely an interesting – it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He's definitely going to land on a roster here sooner than later. Sooner or later. Um, he's too talented not to, uh, but he does bring his fair share of uh, – baggage along with him yeah and i would certainly keep an eye out for teams that are starting to make um restructure deals on guys contracts and things yeah. that look like they're trying to create a little space for the short term uh, because that could that could mean that they're looking to make a play for Clowney or they're they're in conversations with him um you know and including you know my my beloved miami dolphins i certainly would love to see a a short-term deal with Clowney coming in and having an impact on that pass rush right away exactly if you're a if you're a good football team um, you cannot have too many cornerbacks or pass rushers on defense. Yeah. And he gives you that, that push. And the cool thing about Clowney is he can push from the inside or the outside. So if you have two good ends, you can still use Clowney in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't have to be a, a, a defense, a true defensive end the whole time. So he does have that flexibility. So a lot of teams should be interested. I'm sure they are. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah. Then we've got Logan Ryan, uh, cornerback. He's been around for a long time. Um, he had a pretty nice season last year, it seemed like. Um, it, it, it's just a, a question of where is he going to land now? I just heard a report today that he's done in Tennessee. He's not going to yeah. return there. Yeah, he's a bit more of a slot corner. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes to. I think, if like, same thing, if you're one of these teams, maybe you even have two good corners, uh, another one is not going to hurt you at all. Uh, I think a great spot for him would be the Saints. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they got the young kid that they drafted. Um, so bringing him in kind of, A, to play the slot, B, insurance in case it doesn't really work out, I think makes a lot of sense to me. And it gets Logan Ryan in a spot where they should be a winner. He should be able to be a part of that right away. Yeah. Um, defensive lineman Mike Daniels is on the market. Yeah, Mike Daniels, I mean – he doesn't do too much for me. Uh, yeah. He's pretty – he had a really good career, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the last couple of years, injuries have been a really big problem. And with the influx of defensive linemen the last couple of years with a ton of good prospects in the draft the last two, three seasons, it's, you know, 30-year-old defensive tackles really don't play very long. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of corners that are on the market still. Amu Kamara is still on the market um we've got as you go down the list here a little further um guys like eli apple uh brandon carr um tons of secondary people tremont williams jonathan joseph guys that you could probably count on in a pinch should you have an injury in camp um they're probably not going to be top of the line starters anymore in this league um, but they are, you know, available and, and certainly more than serviceable to, to fill in, including some names like Aqib Talib, who's still out there. Does yeah. he want to play anymore? Um, and then you can look at the tackle market. Um, you've got Jason Peters out there. 
Sounds he's, like he's interested in coming back now. I know he was yeah. talking to the Eagles again. So, 38 years old and still probably a very good pass protector and, and will do things very well for you. Um, you've got other names like DeMar Dotson and Cordy Glenn out there. Um, Cordy Glenn is only 30 years old, but he's got a lot of injury problems. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he's a decent player still. Um, you would think that he may get an opportunity to, to land on a roster. And here's a name that's down the list of available players, but everybody's going to know who it is, and it's Devontae Freeman, uh, running back from Atlanta. His his grading last year was not good. He was he did not run the ball well last year. Could he be done already at this point in his career? I think at running back he, he could be, but I, I would imagine someone will bring him in and see what he has left. I mean, you when you're in training camp, you want five or six running backs on your roster at least because you don't want your, your workhorses to get worn down over preseason. So uh, somebody should be looking to bring him in once we get closer to camp. I think part of this is – Teams don't know what camp is going to look like, right? right? They don't know, are we going to have four preseason games? Are we going to have two? What are they going to try to do there? So I think a lot of this is still, they're feeling out what's going to happen. I think once it's made official, okay, we're going to do a regular training camp. We're going to have four preseason games. I think you see a lot of these guys go, go, go. Yeah. Um, there's some edge guys I like. Everson Griffin. Yeah. I mean, he's really good off the edge. Um, I think in the not quite Clowney's upside but a lot more consistent and without again without some of that baggage of injuries not a lot of penalties yeah you know a lot very solid um Cameron Wake uh Marcus Golden Pernell McPhee um you know there there are plenty of guys that can do that still Jabal Sheard um Vinny Curry yeah the you know Ziggy Ansah I mean he had a he had a rough year last year but he might be a nice low cost you know Clay Matthews these are guys that could still situationally add something for you um, in coming off the edge. Terrell Suggs, if he decides to keep playing. Yeah. Um, so, and, and then, the, you know, the running back market is is pretty robust still out there if you're looking to add someone in, in guys like Carlos Hyde, uh, Devontae Freeman. Um, I thought I saw a couple other names on the list still. Yeah, I really uh, but, like the way Carlos Hyde runs the ball, too. I, I would imagine somebody has a job for him he's really good yeah absolutely so you know lots of wide receivers out there that yeah, are just going to fill certain roles on teams but they're not they're probably not going to be huge difference makers um Rashard Higgins is a guy that's fought his way around on rosters for several years now and managed to make teams so you know he, he had um Taylor Gabriel is still out there and he has a bit of a bit of speed to him. Yeah, and definitely some wiggle. He's a, he's a nice little uh, slot option that people could have. Um, yeah, and there was a couple other names out here. Ted Ginn just signed, right? He yeah. Ted Ginn signed in Chicago, uh, so you know they added another piece there. Um, and you know he can still run, he can still play. He's he's had an awfully long and by all accounts solid career. Yeah. With uh, you know, after being a little disappointing early in his career, he didn't—he wasn't the superstar that that some people had hoped that he would become. He still got you know, Joe Flacco still out there, Blake Bortles, couple couple quarterback options, especially for a veteran presence. Um, some of these younger teams may be looking for. I think Flacco would make a lot of sense in Jacksonville in case the Gardner Minshew uh, experiment goes awry. Right. It's it's never bad to have a big arm quarterback that that has some experience that can come in there and um, fill in should something go bad. Right. Um, 
yeah, I mean, so watch for these names to start popping off the board once things start rolling. This is the most delayed free agency. Like, the depth of the free agency pool is probably the deepest it's ever been at this point. Yeah. Because of the fact that people can't get guys in for workouts and they don't know what things are going to look like. So I would expect a, a lot of guys to start coming off the board once training camp gets closer or mini camps if they're able to have any of those or anything like that. So um, let's talk a little UFC, Tom. Live sports, thank God. Yeah, absolutely. And not only live sports, but a very good card. I mean, even we're, we're actually going to cover the prelims as well because there's so many good fights on this prelim, um, starting with the first one, a middleweight battle between Uriah Hall and Ronaldo Souza. A um, couple of very good veterans. You know, uh, they're both in the same kind of boat. They They win. They get up to a certain point, they fight the top guys in the middleweight, and then they, you know, they lose and fall back, and then they, they keep coming up. So it, it may be one of these things where the winner of this moves on and starts to make that climb again, and the, the loser is kind of on the outside looking in, maybe having their contract kind of dissolved. Tom, did you hear that notification in your headphones, or is it only in mine? I heard it. Yeah, I think I, think I need to go change my underpants because my sound was up so high, and I just... <laughs> got the crap scared right out of me by that i literally jumped over here i don't think you were looking my way when it happened but i i thought i was going to fall out of my chair i uh, definitely heard it and i was trying to you know downplay it holy crap it's <laughs> it, it was in my headphones i don't know if it was audible on the recording but it had to be i heard it in my headset so oh my god so uh <laughs> amateur over here yeah Oh, my God, that was brutal. That scared the crap out of me. All right, let's talk about the card a little bit. Yeah. Um, I love the fights that are on this, Tom. Yeah, I, absolutely. There, there is so much fun to look at here. Um, there, there are a lot of fights that the, these names, everybody's going to know them that are on this card. That's the cool part about what we're going to see on Saturday night. Uh, so, you know, today I, I took it upon myself to start looking through Hey, what what do these fight lines look like for uh, the UFC? I'm gonna see if I can find some way to, you know, I'm first off I'm gonna play DraftKings. Yes. Uh, it, I mean, it, I've missed it. It's so much fun. I can't wait. Yeah, I cannot wait to get a, a couple DraftKings lineups out there. Um, I think we're gonna share our our DraftKings again on yeah. Twitter. So if you are interested on who we take uh, Saturday, usually Saturday afternoon, we try to put them out there a little early so you can see who we take. Yeah. Um, and we'll get them out there. Let's let's start out with this first one you have, um, Uriah Hall against Ronaldo Sousa. Yeah, you know, again, like we're just saying, it, it's a matchup of two veterans who've been up and down. Um, you know, they win a lot of fights and then they get to the top echelon of the middleweight division, and you know, they they tumble back. Um, so it should be interesting. I I like this fight because I think Uriah Hall, if he keeps it on his feet. Is, is a clear winner here. Yeah, so do I. But, uh, he, he's a plus 105, too. Yes, but I think Sosa, he, if he gets him to the ground, you know, he, like he so often does, decisions and subs come, submissions come his way. So, yeah. 16 uh, wins by submission for Sosa in his career. Tom, I want to talk about one that's not on the agenda that we have here um, at 725. Um, Nico? Nico Price against Vicente Luke. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys know who Nico Price is, but if you don't, you should. You sh just go to YouTube, <laughs> type in uh, Nico Price Hammerfists, 
and watch Nico Price knock a guy out from flat on his back with hammer fists. He yeah. puts his foot behind the other side of the guy's head and just knocks him unconscious from flat on his back. And he's got some other highlight reel knockouts and finishes too. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to be able to beat Luke because, you know, Vicente is a, is a really good fighter. Yeah. And um, still he's on, ex- still on the way up for Vicente. Too. He's explosive and fun too. Like he yeah. is, he, his fights are exciting to watch. I, Absolutely. Tune in if you can. 725 Saturday night for that one. I think, I think it's 725, yeah. Um, should be a great fight. These guys actually fought before. Um, Vicente caught Nico in a arm triangle choke and got the victory back in 2017. So, you know, definitely some revenge on uh, on his mind here. Yeah, and Nico's a, a pretty big underdog in this one at plus tw- 220. So yep. um, he's a fun guy to put a little a small piece on. Um, just because he's he's so explosive and anything can happen. Um, after the Uriah Hall match, we have Carla Esparza versus Michelle, the Karate Hottie Waterson. Um, again, two two women who've been you know stalwarts for years. It seems um, they've fought everybody. Uh, you know, Esparza to me is the more complete fighter, but I think Michelle Waterson has more of that explosive can end the fight right away um yeah ability so you know you can kind of see some of michelle waterson's losses um joanna rose tisha torres you know some of the ones that are going to be harder to get out of there because they're they're a little more talented strikers um and tisha torres is just tough as nails i mean I, I see the same thing with carlos Barza. i think she's going to grind out the fight and get a win um I, I don't think it'll be a super exciting fight because i think she'll look to you know, muddy it up and, and try yeah, and she's got to keep it close. Cause I yeah. mean, um, I can't remember, but I, you know, I'm imagining Michelle's a little, little taller, a little longer just from yeah. looking at their body types. Yeah. Um, uh, next fight, uh, Alexia Linick, uh, against Fabricio Verdum. Um, Tom and I talked about this one a little bit before. Yeah. This is like the only fight we did get a chance to talk about before the, uh, show tonight. And, You've got Verdum as a big favorite, minus 325. He's fought everybody. Um, he's won a lot of fights against big-name fighters. Um, Olenek, he's fought some good competition, but not near the, the class that Verdum has. But right. Verdum's coming off a two-year layoff, and I'm not sure you know, how healthy he is, how, how prepared he is for this fight. Yeah, uh, Verdum has wins over some of the top of the top, including Fedor. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy, but... Olenek at plus 245 is a nice buy. He has 43 wins by submission in his career. 43 yeah. wins. Yeah. Um, that's most. That's more wins by submission than most people have fights. So. Uh, yeah, don't they call him the boa constrictor or yeah, something? Yeah. I mean, it, he's it, nasty. He's He's got all kinds of chokes, man. He can choke <laughs> you from anywhere. So yeah. he's got rear nakeds, Ezekiel chokes, arm bars. He can do pretty much anything when it comes to those finishes so um you're always in danger when when you're fighting him but verdum is very accomplished in brazilian jiu-jitsu yes. as well so yes. also a lot of uh 11 submission wins for himself um he's ne- verdum has also never been submitted so uh, that would be a nice little feather in olnick's cap if he can pull it off I-, I like the plus 245 i think it gives you the juice you know you get a little yeah. extra and if this is on the ground whoever gets the better of the ground games should win um and I, I would actually say I probably like Olnick's uh, striking a little better. Um, Doom tends to strike just to get to the ground, you know. Yeah, it, it, I, this is a really fun matchup. Um, could end up being um, slow. The pace could be yeah. pretty slow. 
but it could you know, be just amazing from you know submission to submission attempt it could be a lot of fun if i were going to bet this fight you know and i probably will i don't know why i said if i'm probably going to bet the over one and a half rounds i think that there's a good yeah. chance that these guys are skilled enough to the problem is olenic gets knocked out yeah. uh so if verdum does land one olenic will will crumble so yeah um you know it's a it's a fun fight to to take a look at um next up anthony pettis showtime against cowboy yeah donald cerrone another rematch um pettis uh stopped cerrone by tko in 2013 um back in their wec days back, right back in the day uh both of these guys are warriors they've been around for forever they fought everybody they've beat each of them have some really good wins um losses against respectable people they're both on the downside right now. Pettis has lost his last two. Cerrone's lost his last three. But, man, this should be a lot of fun. Two guys who are known for crazy pace, crazy strikes, creative strikes. Yeah. And, you know, you heard Cowboy say that he wasn't into the fight when he was going into the Conor McGregor fight. Which seems so weird. If there's ever a fight that you're going to get up for, why would it not yeah, be that such one? Such a huge payday for him. It's his biggest payday yeah. of his career. yeah. And that was weird to me, and it has it has me thinking that Cerrone may feel that way every time that he goes towards the octagon now. Yeah. Um, where I think Pettis has still got a lot of energy and desire. Um, what have his last two losses been, Tom? Oh, his last Pettis' losses? Yeah, he. I mean, he he had had a brief resurgence. Yeah. I, I know that, and then he's lost a couple of fights to some, some good fighters, if I recall. Um, I think one of them was D- Nate Diaz, too. Wasn't did he did he fight Nate? That would make sense, um, you know. Yeah, um, Nate Diaz was the first one, and then Diego Fiara, who's oh yeah, no joke. Yeah, so you know, Cerrone. So before that, he beat um, knocked out Ste- uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who never gets knocked out. Yeah, that was the first time um, Wonderboy yeah. had been knocked out. Yep. Um, so that was impressive <laughs> yeah yeah and it looked like there might have been some some juice left in in uh showtime at that point so um i i'd probably lay the minus 145 with showtime in that fight um next up we have a heavyweight bout between greg hardy and jorgen de castro and this is where the main card starts so all that we've already talked about that's all prelim stuff that's, yeah it's gonna be nuts yeah hardy and de castro are very similar um, they both knock people unconscious at a frequent and scary rate. Um, all five of Hardy's wins are by knockout. DeCastro's five of his six wins are by knockout. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a brawl, a bit of a brawl. Yeah. Greg Hardy's a big favorite in this. Yeah. He's 210. I, I, I don't like it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I wouldn't lay minus 210 with Greg Hardy, even though he may knock him out quick. And I could sound foolish here. He also has the potential to get beat pretty badly by guys who are a little more skilled uh than he is you know he only, has the, he only has the the one real loss he has the one decision loss and then the other one was the no contest because he kicked the guy in the face while he was on the ground yeah um i love the under i mean the under for one and a half rounds is plus 130 i think one of these guys is going to sleep so yeah that, that might be the bet for me in this one just Bet on them to keep yeah. doing what they do. You got seven and a half minutes for one of them to get knocked out. Yeah. And, and you either know, one of them catches the other, it's over. Not to mention they can gas themselves too. So early yeah. in the second round could be an easy finish for someone. Yeah. So it's so Greg Hardy's just so physically intimidating. He is. Like it's crazy. 
Yeah. Um, next on the docket, uh, Jeremy Stevens against Calvin Qatar. Um, what do you think about this fight, Tom? I know it's Stevens is on the downside, right? Yeah, and yeah. Qatar is supposed to be tr- kind of trending upward. Yeah. Um, I mean, Qatar's a huge favorite in this one, which is awful because I, I really like him in this fight, but at minus 260, there's nothing to bet there. Right. Um, you know, this is a classic UFC move. They take a guy who's kind of up and coming he's 20 and 4 and they're gonna put him up against one of their grizzled veterans who takes no shit and isn't backing down yeah and jeremy stevens and all right get him get him out of there and then the sky's the limit for you show us you're the talented kid you know and, right. and more times than not they are you know they, they do come out on top i think Qatar is gonna win the fight i think stevens is just a little too long in the tooth for this uh this type of up-and-comer at this point in his career um but you know, there's there's nothing here for me that I that I want to yeah, piece of. Gambling wise, there's nothing there to really like. The fight should be interesting because I want to see Qatar get pushed a little bit, and you know, yeah. I'm hoping he, you know, Stevens can drag him into deep water. We can kind of decide yeah. on our, ourselves about Qatar. Yeah, um, Tom. Next fight up. This is another one where you're probably going to see somebody go to sleep. Yeah, by, absolutely. By all accounts, uh, Francis Naganu against Jarzinho Jer- Rosenstruck. Yeah. Another heavyweight battle of two large men who like to knock people unconscious. I haven't had a chance to look at Rosenstruck's recent record. Ten and zero. Yeah, but I, I hadn't seen the competition that he's taken on. Is it is it impressive? Uh, not in so the beginning of his career, people I've never heard of, but he has knocked out Arlovsky and and beat Overeem. So a couple of nice nice wins there. Nine and zero um, or ten and zero with nine. <laughs> oh God, here we go again. Ten and zero with Murphy. nine knockouts. Um, Nagano has ten knockouts and is a fourteen and three re- or fourteen and three record. His three losses, one of them is against Stipe, one of them is against Derek Lewis, and one of the worst fights I've ever seen. Um, is what it is. Yeah, that was that was really awful, wasn't it? Yeah, but his wins: Dos Santos, Cain Velasquez, Curtis Blades, Overeem, Arlovsky. I mean, he's got some really nice pelts on his wall. Yeah. Man, he uh, Rosenstruck knocked out Arlovsky in 29 seconds. Yeah, I remember that one. That and, one was not fun. And, and then finished Overeem at the very end of the fight. Yeah, there like four or five seconds left, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's, he's what, 10-0 and with, is it uh, nine, nine, nine knockouts yeah. and one decision win uh, in his entire career. Um, that is, that this is a scary dude, too. Yeah. And... Um, it's whoever lands the first one. This this is hard to bet on a fight like this because it really is who who lands the first one. Which is why if you're betting it, you're gonna take the plus money. You take plus two twenty with Rosenstruck here. Yeah, plus two twenty or minus three hundred. It doesn't and and you're you know it's a I would give the weighted coin to Nagano's side. I think he's fought better fighters, um, but either one lands a, a solid punch. It's over. Yeah. I'm just so afraid that we're going to see the same thing that we saw against Derek Lewis, where they respected each other's power so much yeah. that neither of them did anything. Um, I'm hoping Rosenstruck won't let that happen. Yeah, and I think Nagano, uh, you know, probably got a little bit of a chastising uh, backstage yeah. after that. Like, hey, we don't pay you to stand here. Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, let's take a look here at the next fight as we get into the co-main. Co-main. The co-main event of the evening is... Uh, Henry Cejudo against Dominic Cruz. Um, this is for the uh, Bantamweight Championship? Is yes, that right? the yeah. Bantamweight. So Cejudo being a two-division two, <laughs> two division champ right now, 
um, is a big favorite again, minus 230. Um, Cruz hasn't fought in forever. Yeah, his last fight was December of 2016. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. Um, Dominic Cruz is a great fighter, but he hasn't shown anything in the ring in over three years. How can you how can you possibly put money on Dominic yeah. Cruz here? Um, you know, especially as dominant as Cejudo has been since his resurgence when he learned how to strike. You know, he he had some of those losses early in his career when he was just a wrestler. Yeah, he, it, it, only one, was it one or two losses? Two losses two back losses. to back. Uh, Dimitri Johnson and Joe Benavidez, both very good fighters. Yeah, um, and then he avenged the the loss to to Mighty Mouse. Um, to become the champ, so and learned how to punch. That's really yeah. what it was. I mean, he, his, and he, he, yeah, go ahead. His, his striking skills. He's always been. He's an Olympic wrestler. You know, Olympic gold medalist. This is a guy that's unbelievable at that part of the game. And as soon as he put the time in to learn how to be a striker, he has been like an unstoppable force. Yeah. The thing about Cruz though is he's kind of known as a guy who can keep uh, wrestlers off him. Yeah. Uh, he when he beat Faber Benavidez. Um, he was able to use his crazy kicks and his suit. I mean, if you've never seen him fight, he never stops moving. It's insane how much he moves during a fight um, to keep people off him. So, I mean, that's the cat and mouse game here. If Cruz can keep him at bay and fire off those leg kicks and those push kicks, you know, he'll he'll point him to death. But if Cejudo can get him to the ground and, uh, you know. Impose his will. Yeah, just get him down there and just rub his face in the mat, you know. If Cruz wins this fight, it's by decision. I would imagine so. Yeah, Suhudo's been a tough out. So, yeah, and and by all accounts, it's expected to go the distance. Yeah, the over under uh, over four and a half rounds is minus two hundred. Yeah. So I mean, what's that tell you? <laughs> um, what do you What do you think the outcome's going to be, Tom? If you had to, If you had to project it, what would you think? Yeah, I happen? think I think Suhudo gets him to the ground and wears him out. I, yeah. I actually would probably take the plus one sixty on the under. Because I think Cejudo is going to get him to the ground a couple of times, right? It, it won't be he gets him down in the first round and just grinds out a win and he has to tap. But I think he'll get him down two or three times in the first two or three rounds yeah. and just wear on him and wear on him. And Cruz, who hasn't been in a, in a match since 2016. He's going to have some ring rust. He, maybe he gives up his back. Yeah. Maybe he just can't do it anymore. I mean, that's a long layoff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of like that play too, Tom. Um, final match of the night, Justin Gaethje against Tony Ferguson. Um, should be a really fun fight. Ferguson yeah. is slick. He, oh, he's so creative. Good. He does. He throws strikes from all kinds of different angles. And Gaethje's Gaethje, a nutcase. Yeah, he doesn't care if you punch him in the face 27 times. He's going to keep coming yeah. forward. And it, it's just a – I think that the skill of Ferguson far outweighs the skill of Gaethje. Yeah, I think when you look at it, in my opinion, when you look at this fight, Ferguson can win on the feet, Ferguson can win on the ground. I don't think the same can be said about Gaethje. I think he can win if it stays standing and he lands enough punches, but we've seen both these guys go through crazy wars and and come out the other side just with wins, so I'm hoping that we see an absolute battle. They both got to be hungry for this title. Not only do you get the title here, the interim championship for lightweight, but you're setting up a, a fight with Khabib, yeah. which is a big payday for whoever wins it. And, yeah. you know, it, it should be very fun. I am a little disappointed. The Ferguson-Khabib fight was something I was really excited to see. Um, you know, somebody who can, you know, maybe not match his ground game, but have enough of jujitsu to 
make it make him dangerous to tap make him tap from the top you know if khabib has ferguson on his back ferguson's not out of it yeah we've seen the last few fights where khabib gets somebody on their back it's over yeah he just stays there and wins i haven't it, it has, has khabib fought a great jujitsu guy yet not really and i don't know if there's there's just not as many as there used to be i think a yeah. lot of these guys become a lot more well-rounded and you see more fights just staying on the feet yeah um, give me your best bet from that fight card, Tom. From the card? Yeah, anything you like on that card. Is there anything that stands out to you that you know you want to have a piece of? Let's I, see here. I'll, I'll give you mine first as as I look through it. I my favorite thing to play on on this entire card. Um, I was looking at it earlier today. It, it's going to be your eye hall at plus one hundred five for me. I think that he's got a great shot to win that fight. I think that he can outstrike him and keep his distance and um and win that fight um you know followed a close second by jair rosenstruck i I really like the olnick bet i think i think he gets the better of verdum in a and uh you know on the ground who can get the submission yeah olnick's got freakish strength yeah he's just crazy strong and when you're matching strength for strength give me the guy who's been in in regular fighting every three four months against a guy who's you know had a long layoff they Mm -hmm. they do the same thing well so yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I gave two of them, but um, Uriah Hall and Rosenstruck and um, Alexi Olenek for Tom. So, you know, if you got a chance, go out and, and yeah. take a stab there. The other one I would say would be the under one and a half in that DeCastro Hardy fight. Yeah. I don't see these guys going more than seven and a half minutes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, Tom and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk golf matchups, and then some NFL early bird prop bets for you. Um, we'll be right back with you after this. up your online presence websites social media video and more lion global can either do it for you show you how to do it yourself by doing it with you or completely run your entire online footprint and we guarantee a 200 percent roi or you don't pay us to help you get a free 30-minute strategy session to increase your business's revenue at lionglobal.com that's lionglobal.com and we are back Thank you to our sponsor, Lion Global. Again, that's L-Y-O-N-G-L-O-B-A-L.com, Lion Global. Um, thanks again for the team over there and, and all the work that they do for us. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about We've got some golf coming up here. Uh, yep. May 17th is the first thing that we've got, right, Tom? Yeah. Um, at Seminole Golf Club, we're going to have Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson versus Ricky Fowler and Matt Wolf. Um, should be a fun little little event. Uh, looks like it'll be on uh, regular, you know, cable television. Um, not much more really has been talked about other than that's that a skins game format. I know that, uh, which is fun. Yeah, do you see the network it's going to be on? Cause I didn't yeah, NBC. Oh, uh, it's going to be covered by NBC. I think the Golf Channel is going to have it. It's it's on from two till six that day. Nice. So uh, should it should be good. Yeah, it should be really fun to watch. And then a week later, the I think one. it is. Yeah. yeah, they haven't really firmed up or announced a date, but it seems like it's going to be that following week, Memorial Day weekend. Um, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be if Tom and Peyton are going to be playing or if it's going to be. They haven't really talked about the no. format or if it's just Tiger versus Phil and those guys are there in their corner, you know, kind of chucking and jiving during the match so once we hear more about that you know we should be able to hit something up in next week's podcast with some more details hopefully 
Uh, but both of those are, I mean, a couple of fun golf events leading up to the, the first regular season uh, golf event on June 11th, I think, is when they start, um, which will be a lot of fun uh, just to see live events on TV again. You know, that's all I care about. So. Right. Um, let's uh, move on to some uh, prop bets that we like, Tom, and, and some of the things that uh, you and I saw as opportunities, perhaps, uh, for wagering here. And, and we're going to start, because the draft just happened, um, I'm going to pick... A long shot for both um, NFL, uh, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year and NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, and then the guy who I think is the most likely candidate to win that win that uh, award. Those so, titles. yeah, um, I'm going to start with defense, and uh, my defensive rookie long shot is Zach Bond at plus 2800 with New Orleans. I think he is going to a team where he can have an immediate impact. I think he's going to a, a team that's going to win a lot of games. And I think if he makes some big plays rushing off the edge for them, uh, creates some turnovers, there's going to be plenty of visibility of the Saints games in prime time, could sway voters. So um, give me Zach Bond as my long shot and Isaiah Simmons as my most likely to win. Isaiah Simmons is a guy that plays linebacker. He blitzes, he covers, he could have interceptions and sacks in the stat, in the stat categories. Only concern is how good is that Arizona defense going to be overall. Um, which could hurt his case. Sure. Um, another reason that I like Zach Bond is because I think that that Saints defense is pretty solid, really. You know, with Lattimore in, in the secondary, and um, you know, I, I really like Zach Bond at plus twenty eight hundred. Isaiah Simmons is plus one thousand. Who do you got for NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, Tom? Yeah, I went with a long shot as well. I went with Clavon Chason. I think his talent at plus twenty eight hundred is is pretty ridiculous. I mean, you think Chase Young is plus four hundred. Um, obviously Chase Young's better, but is he that much better? Um, you know, obviously remains to be seen. The Jaguars defense um, is known for getting after the quarterback. They're going to make pressure, uh, and he's going to be a part of that. And I think we, we talked about before, if you're going to win defense rookie of the year, you need sacks or picks or both, and uh, he's going to have a chance to rack up some sacks. Yeah. Um, so you're, that's, that's your choice? Yeah, that would be my, nice. my prop bet. Um, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, my long shot is Justin Jefferson at plus 2,800. Um, Justin Jefferson's going to a team, replacing Stephon Diggs, essentially, and he's going to be the deep ball threat there opposite Adam Thielen. I love Kirk Cousins and his ability to hit the deep ball. Uh, I think Jefferson can is an immediate plug-and-play option and could have a monster season, and I think that he could show that, that maybe he should have been selected even higher as a wide receiver. He might have a little chip on his shoulder that – uh, Philadelphia took someone other than him at 21 um, when when he probably felt like he was the best receiver remaining. And um, the other option for me, so I don't want to play Joe Burrow at plus 225 for a season-long wager. Like, I don't want to tie up money on a wager that's only going to return plus 225 and the, the likelihood of him winning it if something goes sideways, just a, a twisted ankle, he misses five games. You know, now all of a sudden he's out of the running. So another guy that I like is Henry Ruggs. I think Ruggs immediately becomes the first option in Oakland. I think he's got the explosive ability to in, create. In Las Vegas. Yeah, that's right, in Las Vegas. <laughs> Boy, we're going to do that for a while, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, you know, I really like Henry Ruggs as, as another option. He's plus 1,800. Yeah, I think the obvious one for me would be Edwards Hilaire at plus 450. I think in that offense in Kansas City, he's going to get a lot of, you know, similar to what you're saying on the defensive side, he's on an offense that's going to score points. He's probably going to be the focal point running back for them. Um, he's going to catch the ball. He's going to run the ball. He's going to be on prime time every other hour. So 
he's, he's going to have a good chance to showcase himself. Out of the running backs, I like Cam Akers better um, because he's plus 1,200. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he'll have an opportunity just like um, Edwards Allaire um, to be part of an offense that can be pretty good um, if that offensive line is improved next year. Um, I think he can, I know he can catch the ball. I know he's explosive. I think that he's uh, a better all-around back than Edwards Hilaire is. I think um, the, the problem for Akers is he may have some people right away he has to split with. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there could that'll be an issue for sure, but I think that he could take that job over. Um, you know, and it, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, but plus 1200, he might be worth putting a few shekels on. Um, Tom, uh, tell me about some of your other prop bets. I have four uh, season win totals that I've selected. Um, did I, you... I did two season win totals. I had uh, both of them unders. I'm fading some teams that may have uh, overperformed last year, which is a popular Tom Abbey move. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to fade the 49ers at under 10 and a half. Uh, you know, they could have a good season, still win 10 games, and I'm still a winner. So Yeah, Tom, um, I mean, you can't see my notes from there, but I'm also on the 49ers under 10 and a half. Yeah, I think that one's an easy bet. I mean, Seattle's really good. I think the Rams should be better this year. Um, and then the Cardinals uh, should be improved. So just in their own division, they're going to struggle. Now they have to play the, the first, you know, after winning, they're going to have to play the first uh the highest, the highest yeah, ranking the first place teams division. The other divisions, yeah. So, I mean, that by itself makes it a little harder schedule. Um, and they don't, you know, they they can be beat. And then I have Baltimore under 11.5, same concept. You know, a, a good football team, but if they win 11 games, I'm a winner. So Yeah. Um, so I went with uh, Arizona over seven wins. Um, I like what they've done in the offseason. I think adding DeAndre Hopkins uh, to the mix on that offense is going to make them have the ability to be really competitive. That's a tough division, I know. Yeah, that's the big um, part. But they're, they're going to play uh, a, you know, a schedule that's not that tough outside of their own division. Um, I think that they're going to beat up on some of the other teams because they're going to be explosive and they're going to be hard to stop. Um, I think that, you know, over seven for them. Uh, Denver under seven and a half wins. Uh, I'm not necessarily sold on Drew Locke, and they didn't make any improvements on the defensive side of the ball. They're in a division with Kansas City, uh, Las Vegas, and San Diego, who I think Los Angeles, who I think <laughs> is who I think is going to be improved uh, this year. I think it's going to be tough for them to get to eight wins. Um, so I like Denver under seven and a half. Yeah, that's one I looked at too. I just I don't know. They, they're going to run the ball a lot. I think they'll yeah. be in some close games. They might be able to week out eight. The other, uh, the last one that I selected the over/under on was Atlanta under seven and a half. Um, I think that Atlanta's division is really tough for them. Yeah. Um, with Tom Brady and all the other additions that have come down to Tampa, um, you play them twice. You play New Orleans twice. You play Carolina, who's not going to be a slouch. A lot of people have them. They're at six wins for their win total. Um, I, I kind of like them over, but I, that's not one of the selections I made today. Yeah, not so, in that division. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think Atlanta could go 7-9, and nine, um, 6 and 10, something like that, and, and struggle because I'm just not sold on what they've got going on there. I didn't like their draft either. Um, what other prop bets you got for me, Tom? Um, so I actually put one on a, a team to win the conference. I, I mentioned the, this to you the other day. I got the Indianapolis Colts to win the AFC at plus 1,200. I really like a lot that they have done um, adding to that. I think there's a path for them to win their division. You know, the Titans are, are had a great run in the playoffs, but they're not some juggernaut that's going to be impossible to overcome. The Texans, I think, are going to be worse off having yeah. lost everybody, you know, Hopkins. Um, 
So I think that they're right in that mix. Those three teams are going to compete for that division. If they win that division, get a couple home games, they have Rivers, they're going to be able to run the ball like crazy, their defense is good. I mean, they, there's a lot of really nice things going for that team. Yeah, I have a couple of uh, to win the Super Bowl selections that I played here. And, you know, understand that I'm not going to give you uh, Kansas City at plus 600 or Baltimore at plus 600 because that's just, again, I'm looking for the, the long shots here. I'm looking for the team that's going to show up at a price and have a chance. Um, I took two teams out of the NFC. The first one, Seattle, um, at plus 2,000 to win the Super Bowl. Seattle comes into this season after losing their running game going into the playoffs, but they still played awfully tough down the stretch. I think they got a lot of reinforcements on that offensive line. They're going to look to bruise and punish teams with the running game and then have Russell Wilson back there captaining the ship. I really like what they've got going on there. The questions come on the defensive side of the ball now, um, but I, I really think that they have an opportunity to win that division and maybe win that NFC. Uh, the other team that I really like and it's because they're at plus 2,500, and, and I like the, the way that they replaced some of the guys that they lost. That's Minnesota. Um, plus 2,500. I don't see a, a standout team in that division. I yeah, don't think Green Bay is a standout. 100% agree. There's no clear favorite in that division. Yeah, so you give me Minnesota. I think Cousins is a really good quarterback. I love Jefferson plugging in. You know, I, I love some of the additions that they made. So for me... It looks like a group that is still primed to compete now and coming into the season. I think they could give teams a really hard time in the playoffs with their style of play. Uh, the other two I have, I have a player prop bet. I have uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, over 950 total yards. Um, that's receiving and rushing combined. That's that's not a huge ask, honestly. I mean, right. For somebody who is expected to do a little bit of both, especially in that offense. At, that's at minus 120. And then the big one, my favorite one, too, is for MVP of the NFL, Drew Brees at plus 2,000. Yeah. Give me that all day. Yeah. I mean, he's been the MVP before. They're loaded up. They should be a very good football team. Um, uh, again, a, team, a guy that's going to be in the, the eye of the NFL quite often. You know, some primetime matches with Tom Brady in Tampa are going to be on the yeah. schedule, I'm sure. Um, so... All those weapons, he could easily throw for another 5,000 yards and, and get himself another MVP here. Yeah. At plus 2,000, it's crazy. Right. So those are just some, some early season, you know, you get them now and the, the price is really good on some of these things. You know, you look to, to get the uh, win totals as they get closer to the season. They can move around a little bit based on injuries and based on how much the market is wagering on teams. So, um, you know, I like some of those over-under bets, and I really like the, you know, the offensive and defensive rookie wagers because I think that those ones are ones where you can get somebody from out of the clouds that you weren't expecting and, uh, and hit a big price. Yeah, I mean, some of the guys we talked about, people should be aware of. I mean, you know, like my, my Chase on, he was overall – most people's number two edge rusher in the draft. Yeah. And to get him at 2,800, I mean, that's a, such a huge value. A small bet can get you a big, big payout. So, yeah. Um, you know, and that's what we've got for this week, guys. Um, next week, I look forward to um, Tom and I have been putting together a little game called name that player um, where we'll give clues to the other guy and uh, see if he can come, come down with, uh, with who we're, who we're describing um, without being too detailed. We're not going to give team names or anything like that. So yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Um, 
I'm looking forward to, you know, just getting a little more creative with some of the stuff we're doing. And then we're going to be talking about recapping the UFC, of course, um, any changes that we've seen in the NFL, any major additions, um, signings, the schedule release. We can talk a little bit about, you know, who, who really benefited from it. What are some of the major matchups that we're excited to see? Yeah, my favorite night of the year is the NFL schedule release. Yeah. By far. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tuesday. It's Cinco de Mayo right now. We're wrapping up recording at 8.30. Everybody have some fun. We're going to get this out there tomorrow for you. So, um, you know, look for look for our podcast. We've got uh, I've actually got two episodes that are going to release tonight because uh, last week still hasn't been posted. That's on me. <laughs> but uh, you're going to have two episodes to listen to, um, including last week's, which was a long episode, and then this week's, which is uh, uh, looks like we're going to wrap in about 50 minutes. So, Perfect. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Look forward to hearing from you, getting your feedback, and we'll talk to you next week.